does that. Lord, we do thank you that your heart is to speak to us, for us to be aware of, of your truth, and particularly the truth about you, which is so important. And Lord, we thank you for Jamie. Uh, pray you bless him and the family. Pray that you bless him now as well, Lord, as he speaks to us. Uh, help us to receive what you've got for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Thanks, mate. Morning, everybody. Everyone okay, yeah? I can see you smiling behind those masks. I can see it. Uh, yeah, so for those who don't, don't, don't know, my name's Jamie. Um, I kind of help her do some stuff here. And married to Debs, uh, who's... Sorry, I can't do things at once. There you go. I can't know. Um, married to Debs, who is uh, the children's uh, pastor here at the church. We've got two, two young sons. Um, so if you ever see me looking slightly ragged on a Sunday morning, that is the reason why. Um, but great to be here this morning. Okay. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if, um, for yourself, I wonder if you've ever been trusted with something or given a responsibility, particularly thinking back to your younger years, thinking about maybe some of your first responsibilities you were ever given as a, a child or a teenager. I remember for me, one of the ones that really stands out was when I had my first pet. Does anyone remember their first pet they had? Yeah. So I got, the first pet I was ever kind of like, that was given as my kind of main responsibility was I had a hamster, any hamster people in the, in the house? Yeah? Just me and Pete. Okay, we'll get a hamster afterwards, Pete. So I had a little ha- hamster called Nibbles. This is a little white hamster with red eyes. I remember, I remember him really, really well. We never got on too well, me and Nibbles. I think it started quite early on when, like, um, I think one of the first interactions I had with him, I, I kind of stood on him a little bit and he didn't really like me from there. So, uh, yeah, we never, never saw eye to eye. But I remember that first responsibility and, like, uh, my mum my particularly was really on it, like, Jamie, if you, you've got this, you're going to have to do everything for it. So I didn't realise that involved, like, cleaning out, like, you know, hamster poop and all that kind of stuff. I was like, just, I just want a hamster to play with. But that first responsibility, I had to clean it out, I had to look after it, make sure I changed its water, gave it, um, gave it food, all the kind of things that hamsters need to survive. Um, I remember it really well, and I wonder if you can remember you, for yourself those kind of early days, your first real responsibility you were given, either from your parents or whoever, um, as, a, as, a, as a young person. We're all given different responsibilities, aren't we? Throughout our life, uh, as we get a bit older, responsibilities get more bigger than hamsters. Um, and as, uh, as people, and as particularly as followers of Jesus, we are called to steward well and look after the things that have been uh, resp- given to us, that we are responsible for, that have been trusted to us. So this morning, I'm going to be um, reading from quite a famous bit of scripture. If you do your Bibles, please um, get to Matthew 25. And I'm, I'm reading um, the parable is called the parable of the talents in, um, in my, my Bible. But um, yeah, I'm gonna read this, let's just read this together uh, as, we, as we make a start this morning. So Matthew 25 and starting at verse 14. And it is on the screen hopefully for you in a moment. This is Jesus talking. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. And to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. The man who had received five talents went at once and put the money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the, one, the man who had received uh, the one talent went off, took a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. 
His master replied, wild and good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share uh, your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have earned two more. His master replied, wild and good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then... The man who received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I had not sown and gather where I had not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I had received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has been given more, and sorry, for everyone who has will be given more, and he will be have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw the worthless servant outside into the into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm just going to pray. Jesus, uh, we thank you for this scripture. We thank you for this story that, that that you told. And I pray this morning as. We unpack this thing a little bit together. I pray, Jesus, that you will just speak in and through this, Father God. I pray that you will, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to take something away from this. We'll be able to apply into our everyday today lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so if you are uh, the kind of person who likes a title, um, this morning I'm going to be calling this, uh, this, this message, um, What's in Your Hand? What's in Your Hand? We're going to explore together some of the principles of this scripture and how we can live these things out in our day-to-day life. So I'm going to ask you a question to start off with. What is in your hand? Colossians 3, uh, Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I don't know about you, I've read that scripture a number of times. And when I think about that, I think about my day-to-day kind of tasks, my day-to-day jobs, my day-to-day life. Um, for me, as a, as a, as a dad, you're, I'm sure any, any parents will, will know, it starts from like straight away when Jude in comes into our um, bed in the morning, kind of lightly but quite hard, taps me on the head, Daddy, Daddy, start to wake up! Day beginning, day beginning. And just from there, it's kind of jobs and there's things to do and there's responsibilities and there's always things to be done. And there's some kind of more things, look, everyday um, run-of-the-mill kind of tasks which you just have to do and have to get on with. And there's some things that, that you do which maybe you feel like you're in your sweet spot and this is, yeah, this is why I'm alive and I, I enjoy this and I'm doing what I feel I should be doing. And the verse we're talking about that we read just there in Colossians, actually it's talking about um, all of our work, whatever that might look, may look like for you is in your sweet spot or whatever it may just be that kind of, that, that task you just have to do and just have to get on with. For me, <laughs> uh, and this is thinking about for us as well, when maybe we have to clean our house, which is good to do from time to time, I've heard, do it for God, that attitude of doing it for the Lord. When you're looking after a sick family member, when you've, um, you, you, you're caring for a family member, doing it for the Lord. Uh, when, this is my personal favourite highlight job of the week, taking the bins out. Anybody else got that responsibility? Yeah, love that job. Um, doing it for the Lord, when you are trying to, um, uh, when you've got an essay due, an assignment due, doing that, that thing for the Lord. 
When you're trying to manage working from home, your children, you knew those, you knew those resolutions all at once, doing those things for the Lord. Do you know that our attitude can really reflect our posture? Actually, you can really reflect a posture. There's often times where you look at a task and it just looks on the face of it, and it actually normally is, quite boring, quite menial, and just like a day-to-day, run-of-the-mill task. However, when we regard our work, all of our work, but particularly those things that we find less joyous, as an act of worship and an act of service to God and to the people that you're living with and working with and journeying with, your and such a posture actually changes your attitude. It's, it, those things are really important, isn't it? Because I know for myself, if I, if I start the day on the wrong foot and I go into it a bit grumpy and a bit, oh, I've got all these jobs to do, which Debs will, will know from time to time I do do that, um, it has an effect on the way that I do those things. Actually, if I try and look at these things as, as, as boring, as meaningless as some of these things can be, and, and think, do you know, this is an act of service to my family. This is an act of worship to God. This is me doing whatever I can do to help other people. It changes my attitude and the way that I do those things. The power of the talents, which we read at the start, um, that's talking specifically about people investing what they've been entrusting or investing in, in it or neglecting these things that they've been entrusted. When we've been given responsibilities, talking about responsibilities again, whether it be work or it be family, whether it be church or it be uh, university, whatever it may be when you think of responsibilities, um, we can do one of two things with these things, I believe. We can even um, invest in these things and do these things well, or we can neglect these things and just leave these kind of things to to the side. Uh, uh, Another um, verse that I love, in Luke 16 verse 10, it says, this is again, Jesus talking, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Just have a quick bit of water. I really believe in that, that principle that is, well, it's a biblical principle, of course I don't believe in it, but like that whole thing of actually, do you know what? When we're given a little something, a little responsibility, I, I, I've seen this outplay from my own life and Kind of as a maybe a, a kind of quite a young person, not now, then of course. Um, but like when I was given these responsibilities, that if you do these things well, even these little tasks, these little jobs that you're given, people recognise that. And I, do you know what? We can trust Jamie with that. Let's give him a little bit more. And it's a real important principle, actually, that, that, that we do little things well, we'll be given more responsibility. Actually, and that whole thing, whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. If we're given little and we do it badly or try and, try and get away with doing the bare minimum, then yeah, that will, you can maybe get away with it, but you won't be given um, the more. And however, in, these, in the scripture we were taught, in the Empower of Talents, the, 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 the servant is called lazy and wicked. Because he literally just went and, ba- and buried his talent in the ground. I mean, I would never want to be accused of those two things. I'm sure you're the same as well. Have a think for a minute now. Have a think for a minute for me about your responsibilities. Your day-to-day responsibilities you have. Again, whether that be your work, your family, friendships or responsibilities, church commitments, whatever that may be. Have a think about those things for a minute. How are you stewarding those things? How are you stewarding those things? Oh, I, I, and, and this is something for all of us to think about, isn't it? Are there things that where you think, actually, I maybe need to realign or shift something? I maybe need to do something differently. I maybe need to um, just put a bit more extra effort into that thing, however that may be. Or maybe I need to change my attitude towards that thing. I'm sure a lot of people wake up on a Monday morning 
And it's difficult to get out of bed, isn't it, to go to work. I, I, I totally get that, that thing. And actually, the attitude that we go into our workplaces or our universities or whatever it may be that we go into on a day-to-day basis, that the attitude does affect how we go into those things. And are you honouring God in those, in those areas of your life? Are you honouring God in the responsibilities that you've been given? God will reward God will reward those who are trustworthy with the things that we've been given. And actually, like I that, that, uh, that Luke, 6, uh, Luke 16 scripture says, that we'll be given the more if we invest in the things that we are given in the first place. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next bit. Now, um, you have literally got, I'm going to give you one minute, okay, turn to the person next to you, and if you are sat on your own, go and find somebody, And I wanted to talk about if you have set a New Year's resolution and how you're getting on with that New Year's resolution. Okay, go. Okay, 10 more seconds, I'll bring you back in. Okay. So, um, because um, everyone made a quiet, I, I said if anyone was on their own, go and find them. Nobody came to vote to me, which is a bit, you know. I know, thank you. So, I'm going to find out about everybody. Okay, so if you have set a New Year's resolution, um, don't worry about how you get on with it right now. But if you set, at the start of the year set a New Year's resolution, just put your hands up for me. I'm nice and nice and nice and high, nice and proud. Okay, okay. Now keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you have broken that resolution already. Okay. Remember you're in the, you're in the house of God. Okay. No condemnation. Okay. I can see one hand at the back. Well done, Divya. Thank you for being so honest. Okay. I can see another hand. Any well done? But slightly sheepish over there. Okay. <laughs> Now, okay, many people, don't they? Um, I, I, I don't know why I'd love the New Year so much. But I really do. Like, I really like the New Year. I really like, like kind of reflecting upon, upon what's happened. I, I've, I've done this kind of practice for the last three or four years now where I think about the year that's been. I, I reflect a little bit about what's happened, some of the high points, some of the low points. And I look ahead to the New Year. And I always set, I always set goals and, and kind of resolutions, for want of a better word, um, for the year ahead, which I find really helps focus me. And a lot of people do that, don't they? They kind of sit at the start of the year, right, this is the year I'm finally going to lose that Christmas weight. Come on, as you see, I've done, done mine already, mine's gone, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> this is the year I'm going to start exercising more regularly. This is the year I'm going to learn to speak a new language. You kind of insert uh, whatever that may be for you. But however, and I found online 
the most common excuses that people give as to why they, they don't fulfil these New Year's resolutions. Okay, so I've got eight excuse, excuses or reasons that people give as to why they can't do them. So I'm just going to go through them really quickly. So the first one is um, I have lack of time to do these resolutions. So maybe you were maybe slightly unrealistic with what you said. Um, you tried to squeeze too much um, into your already uh, busy schedule or you literally just have overcommitted yourself and, and just can't find the time. The first excuse that people give is they have lack of time. The second one, this is a good one, I like this one. The second one is, they, they, is, is boredom, basically. Um, at the start of the year, giving up chocolate sounded really good or dry, dry January sounded like a great challenge. But actually, I really miss that treat at the end of the day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, the boredom overcame them, so they opened up the chocolate bar. Yeah, okay. Boredom, number three. Um, is actually the lack of enjoyment associated with some of these um, some of these resolutions. You've set the, uh, the 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 resolution. I'm going to run every day. Wake up at six o'clock in the morning, and that was my resolution. Now I am a runner, and I know that six o'clock in the morning is not good for anything, let alone running. But actually, sometimes that thing you've got, you set a goal and you start to do it. And it's just not fun. It's like, man, this is so unfun. And the enjoyment isn't there. So you give up again. Number four, um, you can't stick to the, the kind of regime. You've bitten off what, far um, more, than you can, uh, more than you can chew. And now there's just no way you can stick to it. You can't stick to that kind of goal or regime you set for yourself. Uh, number five, <laughs> um, it just takes way too long to see the results. Um, I, you know, I've been trying to, as I said, lose that Christmas weight or I'm trying to um, exercise more. And I'm just not seeing that this, these pounds shifted or my energy levels aren't going up and I just isn't happening quick enough for my liking. Uh, that's number five. Uh, number six, um, just simply the novelty wears off. I know what it's like. You start at the start, yeah, this is really good. I'm in, I'm in the place doing it and the novelty wears off really quickly. Uh, number seven, um, you basically just put it off. I can't start this now. I've got too much going on. I'll wait till the summer or I'll wait till next year. And by, t- by the time you've realised it's kind of four years later, you've still got nowhere near it. Or the final one is actually the goal you set was just completely unrealistic. I'm going to learn Mandarin in six weeks. Come on. I'm going to lose those two stone in two days. Sometimes the goals we set are just way too unrealistic, too ambitious in the first place, so we give in. It's easy to make excuses, isn't it, when we're in a place where we find things tough and challenging and actually we can't do things that we've maybe put our mind to or we would like to do. I wonder if you're in your own life, you've ever made excuses before God. I wonder if you've ever felt like God has been asking you to do something or called you into something, but you've made You've given a reason, you know, legitimate for you. But actually, when you look back at it, it was a bit of an excuse, really. Uh, the power of the talent in the, third, uh, in the third servant makes the following excuse. In Matthew 25, 24 and 25. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid, went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. I reflect upon this, as I've been reflecting upon this story, as I've been kind of preparing for today. That this servant, actually, there was three people that were given talents. Yes, he was given the least amount of talent, uh, talents, but he was given that talent for a reason. He wasn't, the master must have had some kind of trust in him in order to give him that talent in the first place. I don't think he ever thought he was going to just go and bury it in the ground and do nothing with it. 
And actually, I think what the servant did in this, this example is he basically got a bit worried. He was, I, don't know, I don't quite understand what he's on, he means when he talks about um, he's a hard man harvesting, that kind of thing. But he obviously knows his master, doesn't he? He knows his master well. And basically, I think he thought, better to give him what he gave me back than give him nothing back, risk losing it or whatever. But I think if this, if this um, servant would have actually done something, invested, or even just put it in, like the master said, go and put it in a high-yield bond account and get some, like, an ISA or whatever and get some extra stuff on it, extra um, investment on it, then it shows that he can be trusted with that little. He, that, those excuses that he made um, just wasn't, wasn't a good thing, was it? And that, obviously the master wasn't pleased with that, or he wasn't pleased with the kind of the lame excuse that he gave. I believe that actually he, if he'd have stewed that talent well, if he'd have done some, even just some of that talent, the master would have entrusted more into him. But he decided, he gave the excuses, I can't do this, I'm not going to do this thing, and, I, and I, he gave back what he'd been given. Again, but how about you? Maybe, you? maybe you know, or maybe you've found in the past, that God has been calling you into something, that God has been leading you into something, that God has been asking you to do something, whatever that may be, but you've given many excuses to why. You can't do that. Ah, oh, if God, oh, of course I would do that for you. Of course I would do that. If only I didn't have to give up my job and my comfort and the things that, uh, that uh, my comfort and stability. If only God, I would do that. Of course I would do it. If only I didn't have to move away from my home and leave my family and, and do those things differently. Oh, how, God, how can I do that? I'm, I'm too old or too young. You, you decide which one that you may be. Um, I'm not experienced enough. I'm not wise enough. Uh, I don't have the needed finances. I'm not ready yet. So, so on and so forth. We can, and I've done it myself, make excuses before God as to why we can't do something that he is calling us into. Remember Moses? That, that, that quite famous guy, that guy in the Old Testament. When he was called by God, what did he do? Made excuses. God, I can't do this. I, I, I'm not eloquent enough when you, I, I won't have to speak to Pharaoh. The Egyptians want to kill me. Fair, it's a fair excuse, that one is. However, however, in spite of those excuses, Moses did what God had asked him to do. He went into the, into the call that God had placed on his life. And of course, we know the story and, and, and what God did in and through that man. He could have very easily said, no. And, you know, God didn't force him to go into the, into back to Egypt, did he? He could have very easily said, no, no, I'm happy here. I don't want to go. I'm happy in Midian. I'm happy looking after my sheep. That's it. I'm happy. I don't want to do that. He took the, 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 that fear. He stepped into the, even if it was, it was a fearful thing, he stepped into it. And God, of course, honoured that decision. Three things to remember in this area. Three things to remember in this area. Okay. First one. We do serve a patient God, okay? And God is patient with insecure saints. We all have our insecurities, don't we? And, and things that we, we question about what God's doing. But God is patient with us. The second one I think is really, really important as well. If God has called you to something, he will equip you for it and he will provide for you in those moments. And the third one is that God will help cast out the fear of the unknown. Oh, I know what it's like when you step into something, you're like, God, I don't really know what's going on here. But I do trust you in this. Those are things that we really need to be important. And that, our time, our, our talents, our abilities, our money, all those kind of things, they, they're not ours in the first place, guys and girls. God has given us those things, hasn't he? And we need to be stepping into, and, and don't ever let that become the reason as to why we don't do something for him. 
Okay. Final bit. I wonder if, I wonder if you've ever been caught doing something you weren't supposed to do. None of you people, of course. No, 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 of course. I've had a, a number of times. And I wonder if you've ever been caught off guard because you weren't prepared for something or someone that came your way. Now, do you want some good news this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, thank you. That's, 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 that's the hope I was, response I was hoping for, not just like this, this awkward silence. Um, some good news this morning. Jesus is coming back. Come on, you do better than that. Just the good news this morning. Jesus is coming back. Come on, we're getting there. We're getting there. You're warm eventually. When I read my Bible, when I read my Bible, and I read of Jesus' triumphant return, and that is why, do you know what? If the end of the story was that, you, you know, Jesus didn't come back, it'd be a bit of a rubbish story, wouldn't it, to be honest? Like, I wouldn't be signing up for that. I'm not going to lie to you. The fact that Jesus is coming back and he comes back triumphant and, and comes back to take reign over his universe, that's the good part of the story, isn't it? The good news, and that's good news for us. It's also really, really important to remember that we, as followers of Jesus, are going to be given an account for our lives, aren't we? Account for the way we've lived, account for the way that we've operated, and the account, account for the, the things we have or haven't um, done. Now, we previously just before looked at the excuses that we can make before God. And very much, uh, very much like the master and the servant, I really believe that God isn't going to want to hear our excuses. <laughs> Jesus is going to want to hear what we, what we uh, yeah, kind of the things that we, um, we may, may be able to excuse um, things for. Now, God may not have called you to leave your job. God may not have, le- have called you to... Um, to be a missionary in some far back out place. God may not have even called you to leave your home. Maybe God has called you in this place for the rest of your life. Fantastic. If that is your case, then do that well. Do that really well. Serve diligently, serve well, serve the people around you and do whatever God calls you to do in those spaces. But God may have called you, like I said, to be doing something which you are just, for whatever reason, a bit reticent, a bit fearful and maybe fighting against... Um, yeah, and, and, but this morning I want to look at what actually, um, as followers of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus in here, what has God called us to do? This is like a, kind of a universal thing based on scripture that God has called us to do. Here's a few things. The first one, this is, hopefully this is a kind of Sunday School 101. We are called to spread the gospel. <laughs> Very simply, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, we are called to go out and tell the world about Jesus, whatever that may look like in your context, but to go and be amongst people who don't know him and to share the good news of Jesus. That's the first thing we'll be called to. Second thing, this isn't, this isn't an exclusive list, but these are just a few I've got, is to forgive those who have wronged us. Forgive those who have wronged us. In Matthew 16, uh, sorry, 6 verse 14 and 15, if you um, want a Bible reference there. Uh, number three, very simple again, we are called to love other people. Love the people around us, love our neighbours, love the people that we do life on a day-to-day basis, to love people in this room. We are called to love other people. John 13, 34 and 35. John 21, verses 17. We are called to care for the church, aren't we? We are called to care for his bride, to care for the people amongst us, to care for his church. Number five, we are called to be an example to the world around us. 
That we should be um, that whole salt and light thing, isn't it? That we shouldn't lose our sources. We shouldn't just become a part of the, the, the kind of picture around us. Um, but we are called to um, be an example to the world. A couple more. We're called to feed the hungry. We are called to give, um, and, 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 and the thirsty as well. We're called to help people in their need, aren't we? Matthew 25 talks about that, 25. Um, number, seven, number seven in this, uh, we're called to care for the poor, for the prisoner, for the sick, for the outcast. We are called to do those things, aren't we? And then finally, number um, eight in this, again, okay, it's not exhaustive list, but the number eight is to be hospitable. Particularly to foreigners, particularly to outsiders, particularly to people who um, aren't like us. We're called to be hospitable to people around us. Sometimes in our walk with Jesus, and dare I say it, sometimes in the church, kind of uh, globally, we spend too much time concentrating on things we've never really been called to worry about. Now, all I know that we, and I'm, I'm somebody who likes to set goals and ambitions as well. But I know that when I, um, <laughs> when this is one of my New Year's goals, but when I um, get to, the, um, you know, to meet Jesus, I'm not sure he's going to ask me about in 2022, did you run the amount of miles that you set out to run? I don't really care, to be honest, like how many miles I run. I think there's going to be things we're called to do, isn't there? And things that we're going to be asked to give account for. But often it's things that maybe we don't, um, don't give a lot of our attention to. How much time can we spend thinking about our own comfort and safety and yet forget about the poor and the sick around us? And please, I'm speaking to myself this morning as well. Or maybe we're struggling with unforgiveness and we've got, we've got some resentment or, or bitterness that we're holding against somebody. Maybe we're so busy caring about ourselves, our family, our friends, that we completely forget that outsider, that new person, that person who is, is lonely. We completely forget that person, those people. Like I said before, I don't think Jesus is going to care about the car we drove, the house we had, how many letters we had before or after our name, all the things that the world sees as success. What he will care about is how we loved one another, how we loved people, how we shared, um, our, shared the gospel, and how we lived out and how we stewarded the responsibilities he had given to us if we stewarded them well. I'm about to come to a close. I think if to summarise, to summarise the, uh, the power of the talents that we've, we've kind of been focused on this morning, um, it shows two different attitudes to Jesus' return. The first one is the person who diligently prepares for it by investing their time and their talent to serve God and, be, and will be rewarded. As they said in the scripture, good and faithful servant. Well done. And the second one is the person who has no heart, uh, for the work of the kingdom and will be punished, you wicked and lazy servant. God does, and this is the most important bit. If you can listen to nothing else this morning, please listen to this. God rewards faithfulness. God rewards our diligent faithfulness and our hard work um, in, and, and in those areas. Those who bear no fruit for the kingdom or little fruit for the kingdom cannot be expected to be treated the same way as those who are faithful and those who are fruitful. And we need to, it's so important, isn't it? Like, I don't know about for you, but I, when I, I often think about my, my walk with God and, and, and my, my discipleship and think either I've got to give my whole life to this or to be honest, I shouldn't really bother. 
Like, I don't think there's an in-between with it. <laughs> like, I think either we give our whole hearts, our whole lives to this thing, or let's just go somewhere else. Let's go and have a nice time. Do you know what I mean? That's not me. Yeah, please, please stay here. Please, please join us. But I think it's that whole discipleship and let's get, let's get um, serious about what we're, what we're called to be and, and what God's calling us into. Remember, excuses really won't cut it with God. I really believe it won't, just won't, won't be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I just think we are called, if we're called by God to do something, if we're called by God to do something well, for goodness sake, let's do it. And let's do it really well. And let's do it with the right heart and the right attitude. Your rewards will be far greater than any earthly title, any promotion, any car, any house we could ever have. And so on. I'll invite the band back up because I'm, gonna, I'm coming to a close in a moment. I am coming to a close now. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd like to just finish this morning by just, I suppose, putting a bit of an appeal out there, really, for us, for us all. Um, I'm sure there's people in here that, um, oh, yeah, people in here that, as I've been speaking and God's been speaking to you, um, there's something in your life which you just know you're not stewarding well. You just know you're not, you've been called to do something or God has put, you've been entrusted with responsibility and you're just not either doing that thing really badly or kind of like half-heartedly. You just know that. And this morning, I suppose, a moment for you just, just to put that right before God, that, that, you're, that you, you can take a moment just to realign those things in your life if that is you. And or maybe there's something, and this is kind of the second part of it, but maybe God has called you something. That's the excuses that I was talking about before. That God has called you into something, and you know that God's called you to something. And even this morning I've been spoken, you're getting like a little bit um, convicted, or you just felt a little bit like, oh man, like this subject's coming up again. Again this morning, I want to challenge you. Like, what is it that before God, why have you not walked into that? And maybe this morning you just need to speak to Father and, and ask him, Lord God, help me. I'm struggling to give up this thing. I'm struggling to, um, to, to sacrifice this thing. Help me to be able to do that well. So I'm going to invite us all to stand up this morning if we can do. Um, and I'm just going to pray over us. And if, those, if that is you, if you're um, one of those two people or, or both of them, either you know you need to realign something this morning, or there's something that you know that you've been making excuses for, which you this morning just don't want to keep doing. I want to ask you very simply just to put your, uh, your hands out in front of you, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us all. Begin to speak to God right now, because God is interested in these things. Maybe you just want to be, begin to say to God, I, I'm sorry in these areas where I haven't um, given my all, I haven't stewed this thing well. Begin to realign. Maybe it's that 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 uh, excuses and, and God help me in these areas. Help me to to walk into the calling you've got for me. I'm literally going to give kind of a, a moment or so for you to do that in the quietness of your own heart, and I'll pray over us all. Jesus. Yeah, Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you, Father God, for those who are stewarding what they've got really well. And, and this morning, hopefully, just a reminder to keep pushing into that. But Lord God, for those maybe of us who 
We know there's something we need to realign in our lives. I pray, Jesus, that as, um, as individuals have been praying this morning, as individuals have been asking you to help them in those areas, I do really pray that you'll just hear those prayers, Lord God, and you'll help them to, to, to do things differently, to realign whatever needs to be realigned, to change up uh, areas in their life that are going to help them to do and steward things really, really well. And for those people who maybe know they've been, been making excuses, for those people who know that you're calling them into something and they just haven't been able to step into that, I pray this morning you'll give them um, that spirit of, um, of, a spirit of you that's going to help them to walk into those things, Jesus, that we haven't got that spirit of, of, of fear, Jesus, but that courageous spirit, you'll help them to walk into what you've got for them. So help them this morning, I pray. And, and if anything they need to be able to give up, I pray, again, you'll, you'll make a way where there seems to be almost no way in those areas. So I pray over my brothers and sisters in this place. Thank you for every single individual. Help us to walk this life, to steward the th- what you've given us really well. And to be people who, when we stand before you on that day, that glorious day, Jesus, that you will, uh, we'll be able to be people who will say, yeah, uh, I will hear those words, well done good and faithful servant. Praise things in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.